Welcome to this edition of the podcast, and I would like to welcome our guest, Vanessa Loader. And before I tell you a little bit more about her, let me just tell you her website is Vanessa Loader, that's spelled L-O-D-E-R.com. So Vanessa Loader.com. And she has credentials a mile long, and I'm really excited to talk to her about her connection to the Louise Hay work as well. She has been featured in Forbes magazine and Huffington Post, Glamour magazine. Uh, she's done a TEDx talk. She's been to Google headquarters giving uh, a talk. She's a graduate of Stanford Business School. And she, again, on her website, VanessaLoader.com, has loads of free resources. And she has the information for her book, which is called The Soul Solution. And we're going to talk a little bit about that book as we get started. And then we're going to move into a little bit more about you uh, and your journey. Okay, Vanessa? Sounds great. So, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to start off by asking you about the section in your book that talks about the toxic hustle. Uh, what is that and how do we overcome it? Yes, toxic hustle culture. This is something I, I talk about a lot because I you know worked in finance and on Wall Street in Silicon Valley for almost a decade. So I've very much been in that mindset. And that really is this belief that we have in our culture that the more we're hustling, the busier we are, somehow the more worthy we are. And we can accidentally buy into this mindset because it's just the very water we swim in. So if you notice sometimes when you when people ask you, how are you doing? And you say, I'm busy, I'm so busy. But busy isn't actually a state of being, you know? And, um, and I've even noticed with myself, like on the weekends, I have this need to run errands or go return something at Target just to feel like I did something useful with my day, like I was productive. And so we've, many of us have this mindset that the more productive we are, the busier we are, the more worthy we are. And, and this is part of what's leading to so much of the exhaustion and overwhelm and burnout that people are experiencing. So we, as a, as a culture, then we say, we say, I am busy. I am busy. I am busy as an affirmation. Yes. That's exactly what I talk about in the book. It's almost this default affirmation that many of us don't even realize we're saying all the time. I'm busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And the thing is, whatever you, I mean, as you know, and all your viewers and listeners know, whatever you put after the words, I am is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if someone asks, how are you doing? And you say, I'm busy. I'm crazy busy. So busy. That's actually going to lead your body to feel more stressed, to release more cortisol and adrenaline and get you more into this fight or flight mode, which contributes again to the burnout and the overwhelm. So one thing you can do is to just stop saying I am busy. And, <laughs> you know, I, I offer some other affirmations in the book, but saying things like, I have plenty of time for everything I want and need to do yes. today. Or like, I always have time for whatever's most important to me. You know, or for me, at least, look, I have two small kids. I run my own business. You know, I, I want to invest in my friendships and my marriage. I have a lot going on. I had a book that just came out. So on the weeks when I really do have a lot and someone asks me, how are you? What's going on? What I've started saying is I'll start saying, I'm really full. <laughs> I'm really full this week <laughs> because it feels honest on those weeks when you are really full, but yes. it feels better on my nervous system. And it's a better affirmation than I'm busy. I'm so busy. 
I uh, had a friend tell me once, instead of saying, she, I'm so busy or I'm busy, she switches it to, uh, I have an abundance of work. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reframe too. I like that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so you uh, attended a retreat with Cheryl Richardson and Louise Hay uh, about 10 years ago, you were saying, and was that when you were first introduced to affirmations? Uh, let's see. I think I was actually... I, no, I'd been introduced to affirmations a few years before that, but yeah, about a decade ago, I was at a, I had the blessing of being at a retreat with, with Louise Hay and Cheryl Richardson, and it was amazing and, and so powerful to be, you know, in their presence and um, just feel their energy around all of that and the work that Louise teaches. So, yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. They have a, an amazing chemistry together. Well, let's talk about you. So, uh, someone who has graduated from Stanford Business School, uh, your history, Wall Street, uh, banking, and so on. And now when I read your bio, I learn about that you specialize in visualization and and really helping people move forward with their lives and, and helping women who are feeling overwhelmed and exhausted and how to uh, eliminate some of the mistakes they're making. So you've done a huge shift. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey? Sure. Yeah. So I've been an overachiever my entire life. You know, graduated from an Ivy League school, top of my class. Thought about joining the Peace Corps when I graduated from college, but I went into Wall Street investment banking instead. And in hindsight, I think my soul was like whispering at me, but I kind of followed the safe path, the traditional path. And so I worked on Wall Street doing investment banking and then in private equity, got my MBA from Stanford. And I got to this point in my career where everything on paper looked great. You know, I was on the board of a company I loved, a vice president at this firm, on track to be a partner, making plenty of money. So it all looked good on the surface. And yet inside, I felt kind of lost and unfulfilled. And I would lie in bed at night with my mind just racing, thinking of all the things I didn't get done that day and all the things I had to get done the next day. And I remember having this moment where I thought, this is success. Like I thought I would reach some point where the happiness and the joy and the fulfillment would just be there. And it was like my whole life I'd been climbing this ladder of get good grades, go to a good school, get a job, get a promotion, go to grad school. And I got to the top of the ladder and thought, crap, I think this is the wrong ladder. And so <laughs> that led to a bit I think of a many of us can relate to that. Yeah. And so I started <laughs> just wondering asking these bigger questions, like, who am I? What's my purpose in life? What am I meant to do here? And also, I got really curious with the question of how can I have big, bold dreams and visions and ambitions and things I want to do in my life, and yet pursue them in a way that's much more sustainable, that's nourishing, that helps my well-being, and also where the goals are really aligned with my soul. And they're not coming from what our culture or our society says is important or valuable. Um, so I started studying mindfulness, the neuroscience behind behavior change. I trained in something called neurolinguistic programming, which is a way to rewire your neurology to change your responses to things. And I was trained in hypnosis, past life regression healing. Basically, my overachiever went nuts in the self-help space for many years, <laughs> went on all kinds of retreats with people like Louise Hay. And I came up and I was honestly just doing that for myself, not thinking I would turn it into a business. And then I came out the other side of all of that. And I had changed so much that I realized what I wanted to do was dedicate my life to bringing these tools to other people and particularly to women. So that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years. 
Oh, that just absolutely warms my heart. I'm so happy to hear. And, you know, especially someone like you who has been there, done that, been through it, and then said, now I'm going to help other people to do the same. That experience is just so incredibly important when we are working with other people. I was on your website and noticed that under the resources section, you have many free resources, uh, one of them being a 30-day meditation challenge. Can you yes. tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So one of the things I realized working with a lot of busy, overwhelmed, mostly women, was that not everyone was going to go on a 10-day silent meditation retreat. And they didn't have the time or the capacity or frankly, the interest level to do some of these things. And so I thought, well, how can I chunk this down and make it really manageable and bite-sized for busy women who are not really busy? Because we're not going to reaffirm that, are we? For women who are really full, who have an abundance of work. <laughs> and so um, I created this free 30-day meditation challenge. It's just five minutes a day. So I have, you know, full-time stay-at-home moms who, who say, I can find the five minutes, working women, you know, and everyone can find five minutes, even if it's just while you're commuting to work. And it's, I joke that it's like the gateway drug to inner peace, you know, and so it's just, it <laughs> helps people create a little bit of quiet in their morning routine. And one of the things that I talk about is many of us, the first thing we do when we wake up, what do a lot of people do? They check their phone. And when you check your phone, when you wake up, it often leads to stress and you're getting all these inbound requests from other people asking you to do things. And so if instead you just take five minutes for yourself, it's a way to prioritize your self-care, to nourish, your, nourish yourself first thing in the morning. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I designed it. It's a great part of a morning ritual and a great way to bring just a little bite-sized piece of mindfulness into your life. I think you make such a good point too about being able to do things in bite size. So often as overachievers, we say, oh, I'm going to meditate for an hour, you know, and, and then when we don't, we're like, oh, I failed at that. And we start with the negative self-talk and, and the self-criticism. And so I really like that you've shortened that down. What I would like to know from you is how would you recommend for our viewers to break the habit of grabbing for our phone first thing in the morning? Mm, great question. Well, so one of the things the research on, on willpower and habit formation shows is it can be helpful to, to put a new habit in place of the old one. And also it can be helpful to have visual cues. So what I recommend, and I actually, I do this, I, is you put a glass of water on your nightstand at night before you go to bed. And that's your visual cue in the morning to remind you to do a new morning routine. And then when you wake up, you drink the glass of water, which is great because it hydrates your body on an empty stomach and you're doing something to help yourself first thing in the morning. And then you do a five minute activity for yourself, anything you want that's not looking at your phone. So it could be journaling, it could be meditating, it could be stretching, moving your body in ways that intuitively feel good. But the intention behind it is I'm going to start my day prioritizing myself and my needs and not responding to all the inbound requests from other people. Um, so yeah, that's a simple I way. I love that. I love that. I've never heard that before about the glass of water and I'm going to be incorporating that. Uh, one thing that I've been doing is just keeping my phone in another room so I don't have that temptation. Uh, but I love the glass of water because it is so intentional. Beautiful. One thing that you specialize in as well, and I'm not sure if you talk about it in your book, I think you do, The Soul Solution, which is attaching visualization and the feeling to mm -hmm. affirmations to help them be more effective. Yeah. Can you tell us more about that? 
Yeah. So when I first learned about affirmations over 10 years ago, I would sometimes be saying affirmations to myself, but my energy and my feeling did not match the affirmation. It actually Mm -hmm. matched the opposite of the affirmation. So one of the stories I tell in the book was I I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a million dollar business. And I would say things like, I am building a million dollar business. But it, what I was feeling was the depression and shame and frustration about how my business was not making nearly that, not nowhere near that yes. amount of money. Yes. And so I would say the affirmation, but I was energetically and feeling wise, feeling into the lack of the thing I wanted <clears throat> rather than the thing I wanted. And so it's really important to connect with the feeling uh, underneath the affirmation. So for example, with mine around, I'm a, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> it's, well, what's the feeling I was hoping that would give me? And when I really tuned into it, the feeling I thought, okay, let's say I am making a million dollars. Why do I even want that? And the feeling underneath that, that I actually wanted was luxury. And I realized, oh, I can have a feeling of luxury from like a soft, cozy blanket in my house. I don't need to have a lot of money to have luxury. So how can I tune into that feeling state and focus on that rather than just the words of an affirmation? Really great advice. And I can relate to what you're saying because I remember when I first started using affirmations around my health and I was in poor health at the time and uh, my affirmation was I am healthy, fit and beautiful. And my inner voice was like, yeah, right. And uh, so uh, I have managed now over the years to have attached that feeling of being healthy, fit and beautiful. And, you know, one of my favorite affirmations is uh, every cell in my body is healthy. And uh, yes, and so really being able to attach the feeling of being healthy to that affirmation, for me, I think really made it real. And Mm. when we connect those little things, like you said, that blanket uh, and the gratitude piece with it, Mm -hmm. so incredibly powerful. And what a great way to live is in that state of knowing that, you know, we can have these things that will be provided for us when we stay focused. And so thank you for sharing that. Those were great tips. Yeah. You know, one other thing I just want to add, that's a great little hack. Cause I think when you have, you don't have the thing you want, it can be really hard to feel what it would be like to have that thing. And so the other example that comes to mind is I've really been wanting more of a thriving relationship with my husband. Our marriage has kind of been rough for the last year and we're in a better place now. So that's why I can talk about it. But when I was in that place where I really didn't feel connected to him, I would try affirmations like, you know, I feel close and connected to my husband or we we have laughter and playfulness together. And I, it was so not available in the present that I really struggled to feel into it. So one of my favorite kind of tricks or hacks is what you do is you go back to the past to a time when you had that feeling in possibly a totally different context. So I would think, okay, when did I feel really connected to someone else? And I would maybe even imagine myself and one of my kids laughing and playing together, get the feeling in my body of what that feels like to have laughter and joy and connection with this other human in a way that's easy to access. So for me, when I imagine that with my kids, it's very easy to access the feeling, then layer that on top of my present desire. Okay, get the feeling. Now I'm imagining me and my husband laughing over a shared joke. 
at the kitchen table. And I can re- now I can feel it because I got the feeling from imagining me with my kids. And now I'm, I'm kind of doing a mind trick in my own mind, layering that on top of an image of me and my husband in our breakfast nook, laughing over a shared joke. And now I can feel it towards him. But five minutes ago, when I was kind of pissed at him, I couldn't access it. (laughs) That's a great, great tip as well. Let's maybe do an exercise like that with the listeners and the viewers. And uh, one thing, let's just circle right back to the busyness. I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, right? Like we're throwing that out. So I think probably almost everyone listening can relate to that affirmation. And let's switch that up and then let's connect the feeling. So uh, the affirmation that you, uh, maybe we can can use this affirmation. Uh, my schedule is full and I feel abundant. How about that? I don't know. Do you have a better suggestion? You tell me, but when I say my schedule is full, I feel like a tightness in my chest. Okay. Let's not do that. It's I don't know about you, but it's physiologically, it stresses me out. Even Uh the words, my schedule, I don't like. (laughs) Okay. So let's do something like, uh, I am, uh, I am calm and have enough time I'm calm and have enough time. How about just that? Yeah. Does that I work? Calm and have plenty of time. Plenty of time. You like know the that. word I'm... enough. The, I, I get really particular with feeling into the energy of things. If, uh-huh. you, if you haven't noticed, and the word enough for me makes me feel not like makes me think about the times when I don't have enough. Okay, so <laughs> let, I really like plenty. Plenty is great. Okay. Um, I I use the word plenty when people ask about my age. I'm plenty nine. <laughs> Okay, so I'm calm and have plenty of time. Yeah. So, so now we're moving from that old affirmation of I am busy. We are now into that I am calm and have plenty of time. Help mm-hmm. us connect to the feeling. Okay, I am calm and have plenty of time. <sighs> so just allow your eyes to gently close. Mm. I am calm and have plenty of time. So in your mind's eye, just start to connect with your breath and notice the rise and fall of your chest or belly as you inhale and exhale. And I'd like for you to visualize or imagine a time in the past when you felt calm, as though you had plenty of time. The whole day lay ahead of you. You felt very relaxed and at ease and calm. Maybe you were on vacation. Maybe you're at the beach or in the mountains. Maybe you're cozying up with a cup of tea, but just calling to mind now a time when you felt calm and relaxed as though you had plenty of time and you weren't in a rush at all. And see if you can bring that image, that situation to mind now with all five senses. So what do you see? What does it look like when you're calm and relaxed and you have plenty of time? What does it feel like? You might even notice that your muscles stretch out like molasses or your shoulders drop a little bit. Maybe your jaw relaxes. Are there any smells? or sounds associated with this memory of being calm and relaxed and having plenty of time. 
What are you saying to yourself? What's your inner dialogue when you're calm and relaxed and you have plenty of time? And as you really get that feeling state in your body, just reaffirming in your own mind, I am calm and I have plenty of time. And if you'd like, you can even layer that on top of your day today. So visualize or imagine an upcoming segment of your day, something that you'll be doing after listening or watching this podcast. And visualize or imagine yourself feeling calm with plenty of time as you go about that task or that activity. I'm calm and I have plenty of time. See yourself, imagine yourself, sense yourself any way you can. Going about that upcoming segment of your day, feeling calm and as though you have plenty of time. What might you say or do differently? What might that feel like? If you were to be really calm and feel like you have plenty of time, how might other people respond to you differently if you were to show up embodying calm and plenty of time? And then as you're ready, just allow your eyes to gently open and come back to the present moment. <laughs> oh, so wow. <laughs> you know, I felt really good doing that. <laughs> Vanessa, that was fantastic. You are truly an expert at what you do. Oh. I am so excited that we can share this with so many people. Uh, again, your book is The Soul Solutions. People can go to Yes. Show us the book. Perfect. <laughs> the Soul Solution. Can you tell and I'm a first time author? I'm like, <laughs> I love it. Beautiful. And people can get the book at vanessaloder.com. That's L O D E R.com. And go to the website to, to get the book. Also, go to the website for the tons of free resources that are there. Uh, Vanessa, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Victoria. It's been such an honor and such a joy. And I feel more calm and as though I have plenty of time for whatever I'm going to be doing next. <laughs> I do too, which is just so incredibly fantastic. Thank you. Thank you.